0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated. David and Goliath. What a great historical account of one of the trials of God's people that they have endured. To the casual reader is a classic account of good over evil and the seemingly weak over the appearance of might, but it is more. Saul, the king of Israel, was there at the battle, hearing the name of God blasphemed by Goliath. Saul was a mess of a king. He had not followed God's ways. He did not follow God's commands. He did not trust in God. Now he finds himself and his army confronted with the Philistines and this giant of a man, a champion for them. Goliath says, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. It was Saul that should have fought for his people his kingdom. The people of Israel had sought to be like the other peoples around them, and they desired to be led by an earthly king, a king that would fight their battles and lead them. Until that point, it was God who fought for them. He was their king. It was God, the God who had created and called them to be his people. That was their king. A sin of covetousness and lust for their own power and to be like others made that not, a good, not good enough. They wanted an earthly king versus a heavenly one. So God gave them one. One that was afraid. Goliath came out bellowing at them for 40 days before David appears. It's an interesting number. David would be king one day, but he was now a shepherd boy that tended to his father Jesse's flocks. He is sent to take food to his brothers, check on them and report back to his father what is going on in the battle. And what does he find? At the battle line, he hears the taunting that is coming from Goliath and sees the fear of all, including Saul, as they look and listen upon the giant, Goliath. Over a decade ago, for VBS, we covered the account of David and Goliath. To get the point of his mammothness across to fourth and fifth graders, I painted an image of Goliath on a four-by-eight sheet of plywood, and I took it out here and put it on a wall and leaned it against a light pole. It stood towering over them. Then we took a trusty whammo wrist rocket slingshot and shot paintballs at Goliath, the giant. It was great fun shooting paintballs at a nine-foot-tall flat image of Goliath. What's better for VBS? David's Goliath was a real man, a warrior, and make no mistake, there was mighty power in Goliath. It was the devil raging through Goliath, taunting the army of Israel and casting doubt into the minds of all as to whether God, their God, the God of their fathers, was with them. Was their God even real? David trusted in God. He was indignant that no one would go forth and fight the giant, and more indignant at the words of Goliath against the God of Israel. David did what their king would not do, but not by his own might. He went forth without armor, with only the tools of a shepherd, and a faith in God that would deliver the Philistines into his hands. God had delivered him from other wild beasts like bears and lions, and Goliath would be no different. and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and the spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David killed Goliath and removed the giant's head with the giant's own sword that was to be used to kill David. The Philistines, you might say, got educated as to who the God of Israel was. They were defeated, and many killed. The devil... He was not done with God's people. Jesus, after he was baptized, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted after 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. The devil is at it again with another king. This king, the king of glory, come down from heaven. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, "Begone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus' flesh was certainly hungry. His belly ached. After 40 days, his fat stores were gone. His body was consuming muscle mass as any human's would. He was and is fully God and fully man. Yet unlike sinful man, his only concern was the will of his father, the source of his strength to whom he prayed. He did not need to prove he was the son of God to the devil by converting rocks into, or converting rocks into bread. He already made himself a rock and given his people water in the wilderness. Jesus did not need to prove he was the Son of God by testing God for Satan and tossing himself off the pinnacle of the temple. The proof was coming, but not yet. He did not have to bow down to Satan for Satan to reward him the kingdoms of the world. They were already his in his complete control since he, Jesus, the Word, spoke them into existence. He was still in control of all things, supplying every need of creation, our daily bread, out of love for us, even as he was tempted. That truth upsets the devil. He wants us to have nothing. He is greatly saddened if we have just a morsel of bread from God and eat it in peace. Words of Martin Luther in the large catechism. Having ruined the lives of all men and women through the sin of Adam that brought death, he is not content. Death in this life is not sufficient for the devil. He wants us to experience eternal death and separation from God. He wants us in hell, separated eternally from God our Father in heaven when we die. David, King David, is dead. He was a valiant warrior. Who by faith confronted and defeated Goliath, beheading him with the giant's, beheading him with the giant's own sword, not by his own strength, but by the power and will of God, who he trusted. He was a type, a shadow of Christ that was to come, son of David. But David was a sinful man. Recall an adulterer and a murderer. Even as king, he could not atone for his own sins or the sins of the people in his kingdom much less those of the whole world. Jesus is the Son of God, our King and our High Priest. Hebrews 4, Since then we have a great High Priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a High Priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin." Let that sink in for a moment. We have a high priest who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. When we say or hear it said, Jesus has fulfilled the law. (laughs) Yeah, okay, great. But think of that Jesus, that he knows our temptations personally. Frightening. He has experienced it and not succumb to the devil's desires like you and I do. How is it, how is that humanly possible? It's not. It's the power of God. The same power that let a shepherd boy defeat a nine-foot-tall giant with a stone and the giant's own sword. It's the power of God to save. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The devil is not done with God's people. He's not done trying to tempt us into false belief, into believing we should take things into our own hands versus trusting God's word. He wants us to believe sin is not sin. He wants us to believe in ourselves and our own goodness to save us. He is a liar and the father of all lies. Remember, he would not have us receive as little as a morsel in this life. He did not care that Jesus was hungry in the wilderness. There was no compassion in his telling him to make stones into bread. He wanted to take his focus and trust away from God, the Father, and his blessings. The devil rages on like a giant, like a Goliath. He bellows and calls out against God, seeking to destroy all of humanity, but the devil is vanquished. His power to condemn is taken away. He is vanquished in the very death of Christ he so deliberately wanted on the cross. David killed Goliath with his own sword, the one he intended to kill David with. Jesus put to death the power of the devil, On the same cross the devil thought he had vanquished the Christ with. Jesus was crucified, was sent to the cross by the lies of men, sinful men. The lies of those who testified against him, that denied him, that ridiculed him, and that spat upon him, that broke his commandments, all of them. He died for me and for you. But you and I, like the soldiers that watch David go and slay Goliath, are tormented by temptation to not trust God to deliver us. We fail to honor God, to fear, love, and trust in Him above all things. We might have our moment, call it our David and Goliath moment, where our faith seems strong. But we will also have our David moment when when sin rules in our heart and our mind. When God's law must hit us and cut us to the core like Nathan did to David when he pointed out his blindness to his own sins of adultery and murder. God's law, his commandments, show us our sin. It cuts us to the core and drives us to return to him, to the Lord. That is why this season of, that is what this season of Lent is all about. A return to the Lord with contrite and broken hearts. Doing so in faith that clings to what Christ, our King and High Priest, has done for us. Our return, faithfully trusting in God to forgive our sins for the sake of Christ, is a David and Goliath moment for us. God has delivered us from the threat of Satan. He has been defeated by his word. The power of the devil has been defeated by the power of God's word in your baptism. Remember it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is defeated every time you return to the Lord, remembering his promises as you pray the Our Father, or the Creed. And as you receive Christ's body and blood, for the forgiveness of your sins, and the strengthening of your faith. No matter the lies you have been told by the devil, Oh, your sin is not too great. Oh, you can't be forgiven because you can't stop sinning. Oh, your trust is not great enough. Your faith is too small. It's no use. Just give up your faith in God. His words are all lies. Return to the Lord, trusting in him to save you from temptation, from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, because it's finished. It has been finished in Christ who has vanquished the devil for us with the very cross that the devil sought to destroy him with. Return to the Lord with the confidence of David before Goliath that God will fight the battle and win because he already has. Return to the Lord with confidence of David with a broken and contrite heart when your sins and guilt overwhelm you. Return to the Lord and find peace and the forgiveness Jesus has won for you as your high priest, giving himself as the sacrifice for all of your sins. In the name of Jesus, Amen.